Hello, friends. The peace of Christ to you. Good to be with you this morning. Today is January the 1st, 2023. Can you believe it? January the 1st, 2023, which means that today is... Today is my sweet mother-in-law's birthday, and she's here this morning to celebrate with us, and so any others who happen to have birthdays on New Year's Day, anybody else? Then we'll just sing to Al. Oh, wait, another? Aubrey did, was baptized this morning. Hi, Aubrey. We praise God for His work in you and celebrate your life on, on New Year's Day. So you will remember that every New Year's Day, this new beginning. Today is January the 1st, day of celebration, many celebrations. Today is also uh, my daughter and son-in-law, Darius, Emily and Darius's third anniversary. Um, they're celebrating on the river, the one in San Antonio not the one here. We'll celebrate at the river here at Billy Jean's for lunch, if you're wondering. If you want to meet us there to celebrate uh, Alice's birthday, that's where we'll be. Um, today is January the 1st, 2023, the first day, the year of our Lord, 2023. How many of you gathered with friends, family to ring in the new year last night? How many of you gathered? with friends, that you'll, you'll admit that this morning, um, and celebrate uh, the past year and looked with anticipation to, it used to be a time for me when I would actually try and stay up to see the new year come in. Those days are long behind me. If, if, if you want me to be awake at when the new year comes in, you, you need to go and wake me up because I, I will not stay with it. I used to stay with it. How many of you are those? I was talking with Clark. Where's Clark? Where's Clark? Oh, there's Clark. Clark uh, this morning said, do you see the new year? No, not really. I was asleep. Uh, how many of you stayed up all the way until 1259 and 59 seconds to see... 11.59, sorry, 11.59 and 59 seconds. You stay awake the whole time. Something about this time of year, the coming of the new year that draws us together, we have a sense that it's worth uh, waiting for. It's worth staying up for. If you can hang in there with it, if you're not old and tired like me, if you can hang in there, it's worth staying up to see it. And it's worth being together for that, Right? to mark the time together, to mark the moments together, not individually but collectively to be joined together because deep inside we have this sense that we need each other. And that moments, significant moments in the passing of time are worth marking together. Yes, we sing. How many of you last night sang? As the clock struck midnight. Uh, should old acquaintance... Be forgot. Did you sing that song? How's it go? Should old acquaintance be forgot? And the next line? What's that? And never brought to mind. It's a question. It's not a statement. Did you know that? If you look up the lyrics, should 
old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Question mark. The applied answer is no. They shouldn't. The people who make up our lives matter. We gather together because being together matters, and the people who make up our lives matter. There's a powerful social connection that comes as we mark the passing of time, this sense that life is moving forward, inevitably pressing us forward into the future, and that we are connected to one another. And how many of you are making New Year's resolutions today? You already got those planned? How many of you are willing to admit them in church? Some of you, perhaps. It's true that with the coming of the new year, we feel compelled to take stock, to assess things and make new commitments, or perhaps to double down on old ones that we haven't quite seen through. We start a new diet, we commit to exercise, or maybe to start and finish a project long put off. There is not only a sense in the passing of time, in the marking of a new year of being connected to each other, but there is this psychological impulse as well to take stock, to make new commitments. Did you know that right about this time of the year, you know this, most of you know this, that uh, we reach that period of the year where the night is the longest and the days are the shortest? And right about this time of year, it begins to flip, right? So that the nights are becoming shorter, not longer. And the days are increasing. The daylight is increasing. Dark nights shorten. Light is literally breaking into darkness. And maybe that has something to do with it as well. Not just the calendar, not just our sense that we're connected to each other in this life, in this journey that's moving forward, that's pressing forward but also that there's something in us that longs for a future, a future with hope. We are leaning into a future with hope. And to be gathered, as several have pointed out this morning, this morning to be gathered in this space, in this moment, bringing ourselves before the God of all creation, assembled around the table of the Lord. Ricky's invited us around tables we can embrace that desire for a future with hope in the deepest, most meaningful kind of way. And that is really the sentiment of Isaiah's words this morning, the words just read for us. Isaiah stands to say, to utter words of God to the people of God, see, take a moment, take pause, Gather around as God's chosen and beloved people. And in spite of all evidence to the contrary, see this, God says. See, I will make new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. Stop Take pause. It mattered then because their experience of life had not been consistent with that vision for God's future. They experienced exile in Babylon. They planted vineyards 
that they could not harvest. They built homes that they could not inhabit. They were captive in someone else's land. And so God says, stop and see the future that I will create for you. Maybe what we experience when a new year rolls around is more than a social convention or a psychological impulse that desires for something more, but we are drawn back down to the deepest and most profound desire of the human heart and the human experience, the desire to participate in God's new creation. That God is making something of us, and not just of us, but God is making something of all things, redeeming, restoring, creating again. Because even though God's good creation in the beginning was filled with all of uh, God's uh, desire for the world, even though God's good creation, filled with all of God's desire for the world, was broken and out of line, misaligned, God is at work to redeem and restore that world to make again, to create again, new heaven and new earth. Maybe that's what, um, why in the end, the picture we're given at the very end in Revelation 21 are words like this, behold, see, you see the, Isaiah says, see. I will make a new heavens and a new earth. John in Revelation 21 says, Behold, behold, I am making all things new. All things new. Paul will pull this notion, tap into this notion, this deep desire in the human experience when he says that God is not only creating a new heavens and a new earth, but he's making out of you a new humanity. He's destroyed the dividing wall that separates people from each other and has drawn them back up together to be a new humanity. It reflects God's desire for the world. And here's the thing. That work of new creation is not somewhere off in a distant future for Israel, for the people of God that Paul wrote to or John wrote to in Revelation, or for us. It's not somewhere in a distant future. It's been decidedly set in motion, and it's pressing in on us even now. That, my friends, is what the story of Jesus is. If you were to ask me in simplest form, what is the story of Jesus about? I would say to you, it's about the inbreaking of God's kingdom that God has decisively set in motion the making of the new creation and that the story, the words of Jesus, the actions of Jesus all the way through are a reflection of that work, that collision of the old order of things that's passing away and the new order of things that's coming into view. So, as we begin this new year, Scott has shared with us, we will anchor ourselves 
in that story, the story of Jesus as told in the Gospel of John. Good, you've been paying attention. In the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John begins with these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In Him, all things were made or came into being. Apart from Him, nothing was made. Through Him was life and light, and that light and life was the light of all humankind. And the last phrase, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Something has decidedly happened in, the, happened in the coming of Jesus, has broken in, this kingdom is pressing in upon us, and though that work is not fully complete, it is decidedly set in motion, right? Decidedly set in motion. This new creation is already breaking into the midst of the old. And in John's telling of it, there are signs of the new creation everywhere. There are signs of the new creation everywhere. The whole of John's story of the life of Jesus can be divided into what some call the book of signs in the first part of John's gospel and the book of glory in the second half of John's gospel. Isn't that interesting? The light shines in the darkness The darkness has not overcome it. And everything that flows forward in the book of signs is a reflection of that light. Signs of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. The first of those signs, anyone recall? First of the signs? I'm I'm not stealing Scott's whole uh, sermon series, but trying to set it up nicely. The first of those signs, Jesus is at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And when the wine has run out, Jesus turns the water into wine. A sign that something has happened that points to something else. In the Gospel of John, in the book of signs, Jesus turns water to wine. He heals and he feeds. He walks on water. He raises the dead. These are all signs of the new creation, glimpses of the new creation. The intent is that those who go in the way of Jesus lean into, embrace, participate even in the inbreaking of the new creation. There are signs of it everywhere. You are, you who follow Jesus, are daughters and sons of the new creation. And though the old creation hangs on, hangs on to us, in our bodies. Some of you woke up this morning and could feel the signs of the, as you creak and groan. And, and, and sometimes there's evidence within us that the old creation, sometimes there's evidence around us that the old creation hangs on. You, you who follow in the way of Jesus are daughters and sons of the new creation, which is beyond all those signs of the old creation You see and know, embrace, and give glory to God 
for the inbreaking of the new creation. We participate in the inbreaking of the new creation. There are signs of it everywhere. The phrase that kept coming back to me this week, anticipating the new year and this sermon, is this one. A million little miracles. A million little miracles. I've got miracles on miracles. A million little miracles. It's the chorus to a song, um, Elevation Worship, called um, Miracle on Miracles on Miracles. Have you heard it before? Have you heard the song before? Miracles on Miracles? Some of you? A few of you? All of you have because it was playing when you came in this morning. <laughs> Tricked you. You've all heard it. The refrain sticks with me. As I read Isaiah 65 and I think about Revelation 21 and I remember Paul's words and I think about the story in the Gospel of John. The old order of things is passing away and the new has come and you are daughters and sons of the new creation. That there are signs everywhere, miracle on miracle. I've got miracle on miracles. A million little miracles. Miracle on miracles, count your miracles, one, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. Isn't that clever? Do you like it? Want to sing it? I'll teach it to you. We're going to sing it together. The words aren't on the screen. So you got to pay attention. I've got miracles on miracles, a million little miracles. Miracles on miracles. You got that part? I've got miracles on miracles. Miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. It's easy. Because you can count to four. I've got miracles on miracles. A million little miracles, miracles on miracles. Count your miracles, one, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. See how easy that is? We could sing that over and over and over again. Well, I could. You may be annoyed by that, but I could sing it over and over again. It's stuck in my head. Now, you know those songs that are like an earworm? They get stuck in your head? It was like that for me. And I'd like to suggest to you that if you are a daughter or a son of the new creation, that that's the song that plays in our mind. That we believe that the new creation has come and that there are signs of it everywhere and it's miraculous if you have eyes to see it. Jesus had another phrase when he taught and he was trying to tell in parables about the kingdom of heaven. Yes? Kingdom parables. And the kingdom parables were stories, words themselves that were intended to be signs that pointed them to the inbreaking of the kingdom. See? And he would say at the end of it, let those who have ears to hear, hear. 
And in a similar way in the Gospel of John, the signs that Jesus performs that people observe that we see are, let those who have eyes to see, see. Isaiah 65, the word of the Lord, see, I am making new heavens, a new creation. Revelation 21, behold, there are signs everywhere. The, the problem is that somewhere along the line, if you're like me, you began to believe that this notion that God might perform miracles now is a relic of the past. God doesn't do things, miraculous things, like we read about in the Bible now. Which I would say, wherever you come out on that, um, that misses the point. It misses the point. Those of us saved by the grace of God, filled with the Spirit of God, are given eyes to live in the world as daughters and sons of the new creation, which means that there are miracles upon miracles all around us. What if, stay with me here, the sermon will not last much longer. What if the beginning and end of Christian faith were simply to rise to greet each day with eyes wide open to the inbreaking of God's new creation? What miracles surround you today? Surround me today, surround us today. With a heart ready to receive the miracle of God's new creation and breaking in to the rest of this crazy, worn out, broken world, miracle on miracle on miracle. Uh, this will not be Scott's sermon series. <laughs> But I wonder what it would be like to read the miracles stories of Jesus as instruction on how we live today to know the inbreaking of God's new creation in our own moment in the passing of time, January the 1st, the year of our Lord, 2023. When Jesus, standing in the waters of his own baptism, Um, with all of those assembled around, sees the heavens open and the Spirit of God descend in the form of a dove. What is that? It's a dove. Duh. <laughs> it says it's a dove. What do those gathered there in that moment believe that the dove was? The Spirit of God. And there was a voice accompanying the dissension of the dove, the Spirit of God on Jesus. And that voice said, this is my beloved son, my beloved child, in whom I am well pleased. The voice of God spoken in that moment, imbuing Jesus with his identity as God's beloved, was that, a, was that moment a miracle? Do you think it was a miracle? Sounds miraculous to me. 
for those with eyes to see and ears to hear, are there moments in your own life, in your own world, when the heavens open and there are signs that you are God's beloved and perhaps when you most need to remember that? Because the old creation is going to tell you something else about yourself. It's going to tell you you're not enough. Perhaps it's going to tell you that you're not loved, that you're not good enough. Look, those of us who are daughters and sons of the new creation see these signs, the heavens open, the spirit descend. It's a dove. No, it's the spirit of God. It's the voice of God. You are God's beloved. Miracles upon miracles upon miracles. And when Jesus looked out at the crowds and saw that they were hungry, and his disciples said, you should feed them. Or rather, Jesus said to his disciples, you should feed them. And they said, we have nothing. And they said, we'll go see what you could find. And they found what? A few fish and a few loaves for the multitude. And they're thinking, hardly enough. Won't scratch the surface. And lo and behold, Jesus blessed and broke and gave, and there was enough for everyone, Right? Now tell me, was that miraculous? Was that miraculous? The answer is yes. So that maybe the point of the story is in every moment when you feel like, you look out and feel like there's just not enough. I'm going to talk about this broadly. You look across the world and you see that there are people who live in abject poverty in parts of this world, parts near and parts far. And it appears there's just not enough. Or maybe for some of you at different points in your life, there have been moments where you sat at the end of the month and thought, there's just not enough. I think of my my. Old friends, James and Kay Littles, who at the end of each month had to decide, do we buy food or do we buy the medicine that we need? And they, had to, they couldn't do both. Not enough. Those of us who are daughters and sons of the new creation believe that we do not live in a world of scarcity but we live in God's great abundance and we participate in God's great abundance for the sake of the world. We are recipients of and participants in the new creation. Miracles upon miracles upon miracles. When Jesus touches those who are sick, or rather, those who are sick struggle to get just close enough to reach out and touch Jesus and are made whole. That story is not about some, just about some supernatural happening in a moment in time, but it's about we who believe that the life that God holds out in Jesus makes things whole, regardless of the evidence and the experience to the contrary. You are daughters and sons of the new creation. My hope and prayer for us together as we journey into this new year and as we dive deeply into the gospel of John is that we will see 
miracle upon miracle upon miracle in the book of signs, but also in the experience of our world around us. That we will live out of wonder and awe. Did you see that? Can you believe that? For even me? Out of wonder and awe at God's goodness and God's grace and God's persistent presence. We've got miracles on miracles. It's not just relegated to the book in the past, but miracles upon miracles. And it's not just when people are sick that we pray for miracles. It's in every waking moment, God, give us eyes to see the inbreaking of your new creation in little ways, in the rising of the sun, in the setting of the sun, to the setting of the sun. In every waking moment and through the restful watches of the night, we receive miracle upon miracle a million little miracles, miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. Let's pray. God, as you greet us in this new year, with mercy and with grace and with power, we pray that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Honor the prayer, the words that we've spoken, prayed together today. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us eyes to see and a heart to know the inbreaking of your kingdom, your, your ever-living presence with us. And give us the courage to declare miracles upon miracles upon miracles that we might live in gratitude, in wonder, in awe, and in praise. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.